one out of three children are being abused in South Africa. That's the, that's the sad statistics. So just for me to have children, to be children and have a free, free life, free of all these, these horrible things that's happening to them. It's been a remarkable series as we've got to grips with human trafficking. Regardless of the intense conversations we've had in these podcasts, the universal truth that emerged is simple. Hope is on the horizon. This is Humans for Sale, a six-part podcast series with Hope Risen Foundation brought to you by Pembaani. I'm sitting here with Carla, the head of Fierce Hearts, Judith, the head of Awareness and uh, Prevention Survivor Exit Coordinator, and obviously our CEO. And let's not forget Usus Miranda, and she is the coordinator of Awareness and Prevention. So when we talk about human trafficking, is it more prominent in rural areas, urban areas? I mean, what are human trafficking hotspots? In this case, I can say rural areas because they are more vulnerable in rural in rural areas there is like lack of employment so most people in in rural areas they they want to come to urban areas mm. for job opportunities and and things like that so i will say rural areas and hotspots where would you say are hotspots hotspots for you, you know Shlubi, that's that's quite a question because if we look back over the years, informal. I'm just talking. I'm just thinking, thinking back of Exit, yeah. Rosalda's book, and how she yeah. set everything up. I know it was very much informal uh, settlements, as Sis Miranda just said, and also like downtown night uh, strip clubs. Brothels, Brothels. clubs, these lollipop lounges. Absolutely. Um, Be careful of your massage parlors. These are hotspot areas, but there's a lot of hotspot areas that we're not even aware of. It could be simply a residential home. We have rescued women out of a residential home that was operating as a brothel. Structures to combat human trafficking. What is the government doing? What is legislator doing? What is the police doing? Are the hawks helping us? Let's just throw it out. So when we look at government, I mean, we've got a lot of work that still needs to happen there. Yeah. Um, albeit, I will give credit to the fact that they are trying. Yeah. We are certainly a country that is acknowledging that we have a problem and we are trying to combat the problem. We, we've got a long way to go still. Um, we are, we've been partnering with government with various stakeholders over the last 10 years, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. We now have a law against human trafficking. We never did. It was only passed when 2015 it went into effect. Before that, we never had a law against human trafficking. Now we do. That's progress. Mm. Um, so we're getting there, Shlubi, but we, we've just recently released the national policy framework. Mm. Um, what does that entail? And that yes. entails very much around the Trafficking in Persons Act, the TIP Act, okay. looking at the law, looking at the act, how are we implementing, how are we working together. <laughs> One thing I do want to give credit to government for is the fact that they they have acknowledged that it is vital to have the likes of Hope Risen Foundation being a voice into working together a lot more and what's actually going on at the ground. Um, so I think they're trying. Are we there yet? No, absolutely not. We've still got a long way to go. We've still got to combat corruption in this. We've still got to combat the lack of 
equipping our police officers. We've still got to combat the lack of equipping our social workers. We've still got to combat a lot of things, but we are getting there. Equipping our social workers, which are people just like you. What other facilities are there available to us if we're survivors or we know of somebody besides from Hope Prison? Where else can we go to? What do you suggest that we do? So we've got government-run um, facilities, safe houses. Oh, is it? That are available for survivors or victims of human trafficking that they, they can utilize. With our process and program, you know, we've got a great relationship with social development. We're always in communication as to what is the best choice for this person in based on her circumstances. You've also got to take into account the other women, children or men in that safe house. And what is it going to be like for them when we are placing somebody in that particular safe house pertaining to this person's situation? But needless to say, there's always safe places available. So an open-ended question before we move on. Can I open up a case against a dodgy car that I see constantly see at my kid's school? Um, you can ask the police to investigate. Okay. They will be we're happy to. So basically they'll be able to at least open an inquiry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- that then becomes an inquiry number mm-hmm. and it's in the system with all the details that need to be in there so that if in the event that same information gets placed into the system again, it Oh, suddenly we see that, hang on, okay. something's going on here. So if anything, an inquiry can be open. So, and then if I have to report a case, so basically that's what happens. What happens after I report a case? So you go into the police station and you report the case. Mm. And you must make sure, always say to everybody, please make sure that you get the investigating officer, the person who took your statement down, his name, and make sure that you do not walk out there with a copy of the case number. That is very important. Once you've got that case number, then it is up to the investigating officer to investigate that case. And you have a right to make sure that that is what is happening, that you can follow up with that, that that investigation is taking place. That investigative officer will start to do what is needed to be done in that process and should also keep communication with you. In your... um profession of all being women of hope risen and this is just me going off the script as we landing what's been the hardest thing that you've had to deal with and what is your ultimate vision of the work of hope risen and where we're at in south africa i think the toughest the hardest thing for me is the frustration around not having control over certain situations because our system is failing us. I think for me that is the the biggest frustration. I mean, come on. We've got 11 children out there who have gone missing, and yet I cannot get a single answer about it. I cannot get any further um, feedback on it. And we are not talking about it in the media. We're not talking about it as a society. Where are these 11 children? That is not okay for me. And so my biggest frustration and the hardest thing I find I have to deal with is that we are quite often failed by the system. And and it is so beyond our control because I, I cannot control that. I think the other frustration and hard thing for me is the lack of funding. Oh. 
And I know story of our lives. A, a lot of people will relate to this. Story is, is, is of that our lives. You are lives. in that constant state of being reactive rather Abs- than proactive. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and we know that lives are waiting to be saved, but it is just impossible for us because we don't have capacity because we have lack of resources and we have lack of funding. So I think those for me are my two real, real struggles. Over and above that, despite that though, there are miracles every day that we get to witness. Every single day, we have the absolute privilege to see miracles happen. And so I think that is what keeps us also going as well. Carla? Mine's more of a, a big, bigger world issue of how we, in 2019, and there's still human trafficking, there's every decision that we make in our life has a role in human trafficking because human trafficking is slavery that's pretty much tainted everything that we own us from the food that we eat to the clothes that we wear to the type of pornography that people watch. So it's such a big issue and I often struggle to wrap my mind around how can humans care so much yet care so little about people who are still enslaved and not acknowledged and like so blinded towards it. And I think once we really start opening people's eyes up to it more, we'll really start to see a big, big difference in ending slavery for good. I think for me with um, awareness and prevention being a passion for me, um, it's sometimes very difficult to, I'm going to use the word ignorance um, from parents, from children, the fact that, oh, it won't happen to me, or, you know, the, the parents who just... It's know, there, it's that it's over there, their problem. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I know. And you just get so frustrated, um, you know, especially when you do awareness talks to, to adults, when we do our workshop to adults, the type of questions that moms will ask, and sometimes you're just like... Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to let that one go. But, you know, that just, it's, it's like you say, it happens out there and it won't happen. Check your children's phones. Don't you like, mm. you know, we parents, we're not there to be popular. You're there to do a job mm. as a parent, you know. Check your children's phones. You know, a mom once said to me, how oh, but, you know, how do you check your child's phone? That's their privacy. And I'm like, no, you know. So, so for me, it's just to, to get that urgency into everybody, into children, into, into adults, into parents, just that it does happen and it can happen. And there could be your neighbors could be brothel that's keeping children or adults or, ladies and you don't even know about it so just the more awareness of it and just people to be more yeah more serious about the fact that it that it can happen to them and to their children your vision and your one dream that you'd love to see happening in the work that you do and why you do it Sure. There's some. There's like <laughs> so, which one? Uh, yo, yeah, which one? But you know, <laughs> the, the, the ladies all sighing in studio. Yeah, I know. You know, I think the warm fuzzy feelings. Uh, yeah. yeah, the you know, for me, it's just our children. You know, with these little ones, bigger ones, 
they're innocent, you know, and they don't always ask for things that happens to them. So for me, I know that's like a big, and at that, not just in trafficking, that's normal everyday abuse that happens to children. One out of three children are being abused in South Africa. That's the, that's the sad statistics. So just for me to have, yeah, you know, just children to be children and have a free, free life, free of all these, these horrible things that's happening to them. It's that it's that right to to feel safe. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm. Mm. This is Miranda. Mm. <laughs> the pressure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what can I say? Okay. The most frustrating uh, frustrating thing is that I don't think that people realize that uh, hum- human trafficking is real, and then it's out there because some people they think that it's not happening. So I think they think that, and because it's not happened, it, it hasn't happened in them or in their family members. So they don't think that it's real, and also that is it is out there and it's happening. And also, there was this other time where there's this police station that we, uh, that we worked with, and then when we asked them about uh, the worst case scenario that they've had of human trafficking, they were like. We have never had any case of human trafficking. So we're like, wow. So we felt like there's a need for us to go out there, especially to subs and, Absolutely. and do the awareness with them on human trafficking. Thank you so much, ladies. I think just in closing, I would like just like one motivation or call to action that you can give to anybody and everybody that's listening to our podcast, Serious Humans for Sale. Let's start with Carla. I like starting with you, eh? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Everyone deserves to have dreams for their lives and everyone deserves to live a free life. And we can all make sure that happens by helping each other and by putting an end to slavery. And the only way we're going to do that is for every human being to realize what we're actually doing in this world. To Judith, people. there is hope. There is mm. definitely hope. Our success stories is, and I always get quite emotional about it, because when you when you see them, where they can actually sit and tell their story, that to get them to that where they can actually talk about it is years and years really, of therapy. And people don't, people don't always, but there's hope. Like those success stories, there's, there's lots of them, you know, mm-hmm. really, really lots of them that we can go out there and listen to. And that, that is what makes us what we do to come back tomorrow to do it again. You know, how do you eat an elephant? So, so, you know, if you go out there and there's one girl, one child, one man that you can help and reach mm-hmm. out to, that is what it's about. Yeah. And Tabitha, I think in closing, I would really want to reiterate how does one get involved with Hope Risen and what kind of assistance do you need mm-hmm. as Hope Risen? What can we do to help you, to help all of you? So I think to answer both of those questions, I want to say to society out there, if you are somebody that wants to partner with Hope Risen Foundation, whether it be in the volunteering space, whether it be your resources, whether it be your finances, if you are looking to partner with a foundation that has been around for 10 years, that is Hope Risen. If you are looking for a foundation that is professional and works on the ground and gets the work done and saves lives, that is Hope Risen. If you are looking for a foundation that is fighting organized crime in South Africa, 
then that is hope risen. And if you are looking for a foundation that is bringing purpose to so many lives, that is hope risen foundation. So I just want to say to you that if you feel that there's any part of you yourself or any part of your finances or your resources that you can help to bring to the Hope Risen Foundation because you cannot save those lives, then please can I ask you to support us so that we can continue to open our doors and and save those lives. So if I want to get involved with Hope Risen, how do I get hold of you? How do I get involved? Social media handles? Great. One of the great ways yeah, to get hold of us is to, we've got a website, www.hoperison.org. Our social media handles are, we are on Facebook. You can find Hope Risen Foundation on Facebook. We're very active on there. Great way to keep up, you know, to date and what's going on. We are on Instagram. We have a Twitter account. So we've got all those social media um, handles available for people to, to stay active and stay educated. You know, please don't be part of a society that chooses to avoid this topic or avoids this challenge that we are facing in South Africa. Be a South African that actually wants to learn, get educated, engaged about it and wants to save a life. Thank you so much to all of you in studio. You truly are the ones we need right now in our communities and in our country. There is hope. And every day there are examples of hope and love conquering in all circumstances. Nobody should be allowed to be labeled with a price tag. Everybody has a right to freedom. This is Humans for Sale, a six-part podcast series with Hope Risen Foundation brought to you by Pemban.